This is Sean Lowe from Ring General Radio, and you're listening to the 4D Podcast Network. Ryan M. Brewer. Michael fucking Malone. <laughs> What's up, bud? Nothing, man. How are you? Uh, I'm good. So every week we do this countdown to when we hit record, and I want you to, I want you all to hear what Malone's countdown sounded like. <laughs> it was, and I quote, three, two, one, and ready, record. How in the fuck was I supposed to know that he was going to throw an and and a ready in there? <laughs> I got to keep you on your toes, bro. You, you, you really got me on that one. I was all the way yeah, up on my toes. When, it's important when you're trying to sync up with somebody to throw them off. <laughs> I, was, I was all the way up on my toes and rolled right on over into a face plant. Thanks. Uh, it, was, it was great. It's important to really throw people off when you're trying to sync up. <laughs> That's the most important thing. Some might say hey, the most important thing. I had I had a, a thought. Good. That I, I wanted to share with you. <laughs> Those are important. <laughs> I think uh, I think Bruce Springsteen is the Larry the Cable Guy of music. <laughs> uh Oh, okay. Take me on this it, metaphorical journey. Okay, and I, I mean this in in the best aspects because I, I, I fucking love the boss. I uh, thought you were going to say, I fucking love Larry the Cable Guy. And I was going to say, I didn't see that coming. <laughs> no, no, quite the opposite with the, <laughs> with the Cable Guy. You don't uh, like, you're not, not a fan of Lawrence. Lawrence the Cable Man. Did I ever tell you about the Twitter beef I got into with Larry the Cable Guy? No. Okay. You didn't. We'll cover that. We'll cover that. Let me <laughs> get the, the Bruce What the fuck? First. How are you just going to gloss over a Twitter beef with Lawrence, Lawrence the Cable Man? <laughs> with Lawrence the Service Man. Lawrence the, uh, the, the skilled contract worker. Yes. <laughs> What's that fucking app where you can hire people to, uh, uh, it's like a woman's name and you hire people to, to come do, uh, plumbing and all that shit or construction work. What is that? app? Oh, called? uh, it's in Angie's in, list. Yes. It's in, it's in Indianapolis, isn't it? <laughs> yeah, I think Angie's, Angie's Angie, list. that's where they keep the list. I'm sure they have remote offices, but they keep the official list in Indianapolis. Anyway, I was trying to get to Lawrence, the Angie's List. (laughs) (laughs) The Angie's List approved Comcast technician. (laughs) Yeah, I was trying to get there, but whatever. (laughs) Anyways, so Bruce Springsteen, right? I was watching the uh, unplugged uh, Netflix Broadway thing that he did uh, a couple years ago and before times. Mm Mm-hmm, right. And uh, it's So there were people there and whatnot, right? Yeah, yeah, people are actually allowed to, like, be next to each other. It's so weird, by the way, watching TV shows and movies where you'll see, like, a crowded restaurant, and you're like, ah, Jesus Christ, what are Dude, they doing? Dude, Sopranos has been fucking me up, man. Just, like, 
Lindsay and I both simultaneously just went, holy shit, did Tony Soprano just kiss her on the mouth? What the fuck <laughs> is wrong with him? Yeah, you see like these... Or like, yeah, people getting real close in people's faces and stuff on oh. the movie, and you're like, ah, what are you doing, guy? Yeah, dude, you, hey, hey, man, the, the important thing is your health. I, I'm right. <laughs> I'm, I'm here to be entertained by this movie, but there's no reason to put yourself at risk Can't like you that. Threaten this guy's life from Come a on. few feet away. Come on, James. <laughs> from a, from a safe distance. Fucking come on, James. Come on, Jimmy. Jimmy. South of the border. <laughs> anyway. Oh, he was doing uh, it. He does it again. Hold on. What's it? What? Uh, oh, when they're at uh, when they're at Bobby and Janice's place by the lake, and oh, yeah. uh, and he and he tells uh, Bobby that Janice used to blow guys. He's like blow guys. I love Bobby. By the way, he's so he's just <laughs> he's just always blown ab- away by whatever conversation he's having. I love. He's just like Whoa, blowing people. <laughs> what? My my wife Janice, and then Tony he is so naive on that then, show. And then Tony starts going. Uh, Tony starts going uh, under the boardwalk. We'll be having some fun under the boardwalk. And I was like, oh man, he's doing it. It's Malone's favorite Tony Soprano move. <laughs> I love it. I fuck. Yeah. I miss uh, old Jimmy. Uh, Fucking Jimmy uh, is a, is a is okay. a major loss. Okay, go on. Sorry. So so, so we're so Bruce we're is- on Netflix, but also we're on Broadway, and it's <laughs> and it's and it's neither a teenage drama nor uh, a musical um, about people getting AIDS. So it doesn't belong on Netflix or Broadway. Boom! Wow. It's Bruce. Wow, you're gonna hate on the fucking boss. Uh, I don't like him, man. I know. Okay, no, we'll here's, okay, okay. You tell me about the Netflix thing. Let me thing. unpack this, you, and then we'll you fucking unpack go it. Your, you get to your... Lawrence, the Comcast man, and then yes. and then we'll reverse engineer my grievances we'll, from there. We'll circle back around to your fucking daddy yeah, we'll issues catch, with the boss. Catch me okay? on catch me on the way by. <laughs> we'll pick you up on the way. You home. pick me up. I'll just I'll be out on the corner. I'll have my coat in my hand. Yeah, we got a few stops. We'll be there soon. Grab your coat and get your hat. Uh, Yeah. (laughs) So go on. All right. So he's on Broadway. He's telling his life story. It's fucking great. He's playing the songs. It's like behind the music on steroids, right? Right. Uh Uh-huh. And uh, I'm loving it because I'm a big, like, behind, you know, like, what, what, how'd you get here kind of guy. I I like reading a lot of uh, biographies. I like knowing how people went from nothing to like you, this huge, like where they are and all this stuff. I like the journey. You right? know how he got there? Uh, how? On the highway in a Pontiac, <laughs> after third shift ended. Uh, no, never. No, spoiler. No, he didn't. Go ahead. <laughs> no, he did, and that's what I want to talk about. He he said in the storyteller show he was writing all these songs about working in a factory or like you know all this like working man stuff and and he admitted that he has never done a day's labor ever he's never even set foot in a factory Did, and he was like the poster boy of all of these like the working man and all this stuff um, yeah and he said he yeah and he said he was writing all these heartbreaking songs about working hard at you know doing this and that and and he'd never done that before, which I thought was fascinating for somebody to build an entire persona, career, and life around not 
actually doing this. So many people get famous from telling their life or turning their life story into art. And this guy was like, well, what if I just made it up? <laughs> and if- that is one <laughs> aspect of how he is, uh-huh. Larry the Cable Guy. Of, Wait, there uh, are multiple levels to this? This is multiple level, but I wanted to, because Larry the Cable Guy, I don't know if a lot of people know, this guy's name is fucking Dan. He lives in Omaha, and he started doing this when he lived in Florida. He would just call into radio shows with this really thick accent, and he he started doing this character, Larry the Cable Guy, and then he started doing, he was doing stand-up comedy, but wasn't getting any traction from it. Then he started to take that radio voice character and do it on stage, and people were like, fuck, that's my guy. And so <laughs> thus, Larry the Cable Guy was born, and he made millions and millions of dollars and profited off the working man who really, down in the fucking soul of who he is, he's just a radio call-in fucking guy from Florida. <laughs> I really, I, I absolutely love that, like, the idea of just a, a, a bunch of Southerners um, just sitting there kind of morose at a comedy, <laughs> at a comedy club. And just like the, the, the host has come up and he's like, ladies and gentlemen, give it to, give it up one more time for Greg Giraldo. Ladies and gentlemen, Greg Giraldo are like, <laughs> this is like half ass claps. And he's like, ladies and gentlemen, coming up to the stage for the first time is Larry the Cable Guy, and here he comes out and does it. My sister is covered in moles. <laughs> and they're like, and simultaneously all the rednecks stand up and go, fuck yeah, that's my guy. <laughs> it's kind of like uh, Trumpism. It's it's fooling the working man into believing that you are them. Ah. Right? Because that's, that's what a lot of Trump supporters, they, they're like, he's just like me. And I'm like, this guy has a golden toilet. How come you, <laughs> how come he's you, not hate, like you. How come you hate Trump so much, but you, you love uh, Bruce Spring? Why, he's the only one of the three that you like, Malone? He's the only one doing art correctly. <laughs> what, hold, hold on a goddamn second. Why, why is it okay for him to steal the word man persona, but Larry, it's not. You know what? It shouldn't be, and it's not. And 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 if we're if we're talking morality and all that stuff, if, if I am shitting on two out of the three, I need to shit on all three of them. But man, I just can't do it. The boss is so cool. <laughs> I, I just can't. I can't bring myself to make fun of the boss. This is like this is like the Reese's feces conversation. <laughs> yeah, uh, I'm willing to. Larry, I'm willing to admit conceptually that I'm wrong, uh, but in practice, <laughs> yes. it's just not happening. But am I going to correct it? No, it's still Reese's feces. I am not Reese's feces. <laughs> I like to think about human shit every time I take a bite <laughs> of my candy. I okay, so Larry the Cable Guy went on a bunch of news programs during the 2016 presidential debates, uh, like that era, right? Okay, right, yeah. Um, and he was promoting some new movie that he was coming out, probably like Mall Cop Eight or whatever the fuck he's in. Mall Cop uh, 8, The uh, Next Generation. Fart, <laughs> fart Doctor. Whatever movie he's promoting. <laughs> Dude, do you have any idea how much money I would pay to see a movie called Fart Doctor? I mean, like, 
probably like the normal amount that it would cost to watch a movie. But you get my point. Like, I would pay it, is what I'm saying. It's just a bunch of people showing up, and the doctor's like, it's just gas. It's just some farts. <laughs> Dude. Oh, my God. Malone. Pimple Popper is a whole, like, multi-million fucking Instagram account. You've seen that, right? Oh, yeah. Like I mean, doc- I know what it is. Dr. I don't Pimple Popper or whatever. Dude. Yeah. If we could just do Fart Doctor. It's just gas, ma'am. It's, ma'am, it's it's uh, it's just gas. The whole show is just a, a doctor sitting behind a clipboard looking disinterested while people fart. And then he goes, yeah, it's, it's, uh, it's just gas. I know you were hoping it was twins and you and your husband have been trying very hard, but I'm here to tell you it's that, uh, just gas. That was, that, was, that was just gas. Uh, unfortunately, ma'am, uh, there are a lot of symptoms in pregnancy. Uh, but that particular sound isn't necessarily one. Uh, it's, it's just gas. Well, I know you felt like you were having a, a heart attack, and you had pressed me on open heart surgery several times last night. But uh, you'll be happy to know your test came back. <laughs> it's just gas. It's just that was just a, a rancid ass fart. That's all it was. That's all it was. Uh, anyway, congratulations. <laughs> Uh, the good news is we don't have to put your dog down. Uh, we discovered it was just gas. <laughs> it turns the, the bad news is turns out you didn't even have a dog. It was just gas. It was just <laughs> <laughs> there's spinoffs. The an, animal fart. Doctor. Animal farts. <laughs> fart vet. So Larry the Cable Guy is promoting Fart Doctor. Right. And he's on every Which I, for one, cannot wait to watch, but go on. <laughs> right. I think it might be Fart Doctor, too. I don't know why you sound so condescending about that incredible piece of film, but okay, go ahead. <laughs> Fart Doctor number two. Uh, so Ooh, a, tw- a plot yeah. twist. <laughs> so he's he's on every he's Fox and Friends and and all this shit, right? Uh-huh. And uh, every day I see, I'm on tour and I'm 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 in a hotel room and a, and the fucking TV's on every morning because they just turn on like, hey, watch me, and you're like, ugh, not you again. Jesus Christ, I get it. You tour and you stay in hotel rooms. Fuck, <laughs> fuck you already. Anyway, so I'm on this big sold out tour and I'm. <laughs> My <laughs> anyways, I so I'm seeing Larry the Cable Guy pop up on all these fucking channels, and the message that he's that he's spreading is that uh, Hillary Clinton's like uh, talking about uh, uh, she's fucking babies and selling them into trade and PizzaGate and all this. Larry shit. the Cable I mean, this Guy is, old is saying QAnon. that. Yeah, this is 2000. This is vintage QAnon. This is 2016. And Larry the Cable Guy was on Fox and Friends saying that Hillary Clinton was fucking babies? Oh, yeah, dude. He's all he's just Damn. spouting all this. Yeah, he's spouting all this hateful shit about Hillary Clinton, right? Yeah, uh-huh. And so I tweeted at him. <laughs> and I said, hey, man. Hey, man. Words are important. Uh, just so you know, you have a lot of people who are listening and watching you and who like actually listen to you, like what you're saying. You uh-huh, know, I didn't say uh-huh, this exactly. Uh-huh. I said something like this, you know, right. I can't remember the tweet exactly, but it was like, Hey, you know, you have a lot of people listening to you and, 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 you know, actively listening to you and stuff like that. It's important on what you say and what you're saying is, is not great. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like you're right. talking about Hillary Clinton, you know, whatever. 
uh-huh. selling kids fucking in, babies. Uh, pizza places. Right. Like, what the fuck are you doing? Uh, right. And uh, he responded back to me about, like, in comedy, we're supposed to be brothers, and he can't believe we're attacking each other and all this stuff. And I was very calmly, I was like, I'm not attacking you. I'm just asking you to choose your words more wisely. Like, mm-hmm. words matter. Words are important. Yeah. And, you know, like, whatever. And he got back to me again saying that, like, I was out of line and, you know, p- politics shouldn't be a factor and all this shit. And here's the thing. Larry the Cable Guy is a super nice fucking guy. I've heard from a lot of friends. I've never met him personally. We don't know each other. Yeah. But I've heard that he's a great fucking guy. He does a lot of good things for a lot of good people. I get it. Yeah. Um, but the fact of the matter is the dude was on a news station that his fans and followers listen to saying some disproven hateful shit about somebody who's running for a high a high office who already people didn't like and his fan base and all this other shit like you shouldn't be doing that it doesn't matter how nice of a guy you are or what the fuck ever like you're you're perpetuating a a, a narrative that is false and hateful right with a fan base and followership that is actively listening to you on a station that they actively listen to. And I don't mean actively listen. I mean fucking ask your parents about Pizzagate and climate change and all this stuff. <laughs> like Fox and News is is in, like literally giving out instructions. <laughs> you know what I mean? So like – so like that's active listening and – I don't know. I so we got into a back and forth for about six or seven tweets, and it just—I uh, I think he ended up blocking me, or I blocked him, or something like that. And some other friends joined in, and it was just like it, it got ugly for a minute. With Lair, with Lawrence the Comcast man, <laughs> with Lawrence the Angie's List serviceman. Okay, so but um, were there were there more? Was there were there more than one onion layer? As to uh, Springsteen's connection directly to Larry the Cable Guy and Donald Trump. Yeah. Did I not cover the other layers? Did you? I think you only got to that uh, he was selling the working man's life. He's selling the working man's life. Yes. As the other off as his own. Thing? I don't remember, man. It was your point, not mine. Ah, <laughs> 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 oh, Fuck. Uh, you'll uh, you'll think of it eventually, probably in the midst of my bitching about Springsteen, which I will commence to do in five, four, uh, three, two, one. Here's the thing about Springsteen alone. <laughs> <laughs> I think that Springsteen is an incredible songwriter. Yes. I think that Springsteen has really fucking bad taste in production, in arrangement. And in band member choice. Uh, and here's what I mean by that. The record Nebraska is one of one of my favorite pieces of art. Because do you know the story of that record? Uh, not really. He, but I remember when when you text me and you asked me if I had ever heard the record yeah, Nebraska. Yeah. I was like, my whole family's dead and I love Bruce Springsteen. <laughs> of course, I've heard Nebraska. Right. Oh, <laughs> yes. So, you know, Nebraska. Uh, so those are those are uh, those are demos essentially. Uh, he recorded the tunes and then sent them to the band. They went into the studio. They recorded a whole Bruce Springsteen and the E Street Band, Nebraska, and 
they were like, hey, man, uh, those demos are better. So they released his like acoustic versions instead of the full band shit. So that's just like him on a Tascam home recorder with his acoustic guitar and his in his harmonica and him. That's it. Holy shit. He's great. Now compare the depth and the gravity and the like fucking sheer pathos of the arrangements of Nebraska. And then compare them to boop booty doot. Boop booty doot. Boop boo. it's fucking horseshit, man. Like it's cheesy and corny and dumb and bad all at the same time. And nobody in the whole band was like, hey guys, does this maybe sound like shit and like make us look stupid? And uh and and they were right and I'm wrong because they're rich and famous and I am doing this fucking podcast with you. <laughs> But but to me, like the songs he's writing and the lyrics, like the way he's able to channel that energy from those lives, like, you know what I mean? Like, like there's something to be said for the fact that like, I, I feel the same thing about, um, like singers, like singers historically don't necessarily write their own songs. You know what I mean? Like, uh, uh, fucking Elvis doesn't write his own didn't write his own songs right right right, right. Uh, yeah beyonce's not pumping out all these like, right, yeah, like she's she, buying these songs from well other people. beyonce, hey, beyonce might be the exception i don't really know hey have you ever watched any of those visual albums from beyonce yeah have you watched the one on disney plus that's like kind of like that's lion king inspired and shit no dude it was fucking unbelievable just it's a well, she's wild, great. I mean, it's lemonade a wild is ride, insane, dude. I still haven't seen Lemonade. Lindsay has, oh it. my god, and uh, we uh, because because Apple products are so easy to use and ubiquitous and cool and fun. She's got it on <laughs> Apple Music, and she can't watch it on anything except, <laughs> except for like her divine. I'm like, well, I don't want to gather around your phone and watch this. Can we get it onto the TV in some way? Um, right. Anyway. Uh, so I haven't seen that one yet, but anyway, like Beyonce might be the exception to that rule, but but at at the very least there are like six or eight songwriters on every pop song, right? (laughs) They're like all these, all these songwriters come together and contribute parts of a song, but there takes a certain artistry. It takes a certain artistry to be able to take that song and embody that spirit. And I admire Springsteen in the same way. Like he's, he's embodying that spirit of the American working man. You know what I mean? And those, and the reason he's so popular, despite his politics among that group of people, right. Is because, uh, uh, because he's kind of the only one talking to him. You know what I mean? Is it like just a bunch of fucking poor people, you know, (laughs) that, that work fucking factory jobs, um, or, or whatever. And, um, He's he's great at that. I just feel like every time the E Street Band gets involved, um, it turns to shit, in my opinion. Gold-plated, platinum, shiny shit. Uh, <laughs> but uh, Sil, Sil's my favorite character on The Sopranos, so, I mean, what are you going to do? <laughs> I I will, I will argue with the... Uh, the the shittiness and I will I will uh, I will counter it with you gotta fucking uh, you gotta make 
the radio shit, which is unfortunate. That's why you have to have songs like Born in the USA. So fucking idiots will play it in their trucks. <laughs> well, you have to have I, that to make a living to enable to make art like Nebraska. I th- and I, I will say this on a more modern level. Uh-huh. And I know you know this as a yeah. singer songwriter. I'm not telling yeah. you anything. Uh, but one of the stories I, I love is J. Cole. J. Cole was on hold for three and a half years from Jay-Z's record label because he wasn't creating any quote-unquote radio hits. Mm. And he didn't want to do any fucking pop music slash radio hits. You know what I mean? Like, he didn't want right. to do that shit. Right. Um, and he kept delivering this great music, and Jay-Z and Rockefeller Records kept turning it down. Mm. So he was on hold for almost three years. He was an opening act for two years. Uh, for other people who were like Big Sean and stuff like that, who were putting out radio hits right. like they wanted. So eventually, fucking J. Cole plays the game. He writes uh, some radio hits, puts it on, and completes the album. He has four fucking hits off that album. It goes fucking multi platinum. He's the headliner now, touring all this stuff. The very first thing he did once he got like mainstream was put out his old mixtape that he wanted to be his first album for free on his website and was like, here's the album I wanted to put out and they wouldn't let me. And that album is 10 times better than the fucking radio hits like CD that Rockefeller Records put out. This mixtape that he made on his fucking own uh, when he had nothing, you know what I mean? And saying the stuff he really wanted to say and doing the, the music that he really wanted to do was fucking incredible. Yeah. But you got to play the fucking game. And that's what Larry the Cable Guy is doing. He's yeah. playing the fucking game. Uh-huh. He wasn't doing anything as a stand-up until he started doing this radio character. That became popular, and then he did it to stage, and it fucking blew up. So I don't hate him. He's doing. He's paying his fucking bills. He's delivering what the people want. He That is a radio hit. He just keeps delivering it to you. Here's another fucking mbop. Uh, enjoy it. Have right. fun. <laughs> right. I think, I think that's fair. And I, I, I think that's a cool-ass J. Cole story. I didn't know that. Uh, but um, that actually happened. Remember we, I, I talked to the band about the band The Format, one of yeah, our, one yeah, of our yeah. first conversations? Uh, that actually happened to them with their record, the, the, the live album I was talking about, that record Dog Problems. Uh, the label just was like, we want more of what was on the last record, and this is uh, a little weird, a little quirky. And we're gonna, So they had this big battle, and eventually they, they, they got it out. And But I think... I think if I can offer one more counterpoint, if if uh, if the moderator will allow me an additional one minute to respond, <laughs> you have thirty seconds. Uh, <laughs> there are people like Bob Dylan. There are people like uh, the Who. There are people like um, there are people like uh, Jason Isbell. There are people like th- like that who are doing songs with great pathos that also aren't corny and cheesy and stupid. You know what I mean? It's possible to walk that line in the middle. And I just Yes, think, but a lot of those I people think, aren't popular until they die. I don't think <laughs> <laughs> I don't think the E Street band is cool in any way. You know what I mean? No. Like like you could have taken you could have taken the band The Who and had Springsteen write the lyrics for them, and it would have been an incredible band with incredible songs, and the the, the music wouldn't have sounded cheesy and stupid. It wouldn't have been all synthesizers. Whoop, whoop, dee, dee. 
that just said she was <laughs> corny and stupid. Uh, you know what I'm saying? Like it was yeah. the songs weren't bad. He brought them demos that were great, obviously, as as Nebraska proves. Um, he brought them songs as as themselves. The songs, the lyrics are great. The melodies are cool. They're catchy. They're they're different. It's just they consistently make cheesy those fucking bells and baby we were born to run <laughs> bing bong bing bong those fucking cheesy stupid like just why you did you could have done that on a on an electric guitar and it would have been cool you could have done it on a fuck even a regular piano it would have been cool but you had to do these weird synth bells and shit it's like it's fucking dumb i have a i have a great i have a question for you go ahead what are your views it's a two-parter all what right. are your views? <laughs> what are your views on Taylor Swift, and also what are your views on an artist like John Mayer? Okay, uh, all right. That I don't know how much time we have, uh, <laughs> but this is going to take a while uh, to start. Um, I think Taylor Swift. Writes absolutely incredible songs. I think she probably, at the age of fucking 15 or 16 or whatever she was when she like first broke, right, was writing songs that should have made professional songwriters in Nashville embarrassed. Like they should have been like, Christ, this 15 year old girl's writing these songs, and like we've been doing this for 20 years or whatever and, and we can't we can't write anything this perfect right? right like uh like she writes great songs uh she is almost always flat in her singing voice and it drives me insane every <laughs> fucking time you see her on a live video and you know it's her real voice and she's not lip syncing she's fucking flat and it drives me insane i can't stand it uh, so I have a hard time listening to Taylor Swift because I just have a hard time listening to her voice. That being said, she writes really great songs. She writes really great songs. Now, the last thing I have to say about Taylor Swift, probably not the last thing, but the last part of this rant <laughs> is that, uh, is that, okay, when you're an up and coming musician and you're writing really great songs, right? Mm-hmm. And you're getting attention and you're getting label label uh, label attention. Labels start sniffing around. When you've got all those options, and you go ahead and sign with a record label, and you sign a three record deal or whatever it is you sign, right? And those three records make you millions of dollars, millions right. of dollars, right? And then your whole game plan becomes. Uh, I, I'm, I'm making great pop records. Why would I stop now? Right. Uh, and then you get to the end of that contract. You have an option. You can then stay around and make some more records or you can fucking leave. Right. But that right. Do, when you leave, that doesn't negate your prior contract. You don't just get to rip up a contract and throw it away because the label offered you push, promotion, exposure. They offered you organization. They offered you booking. They offered you um, uh, uh, A&R. They offered you, you know, they offered you all these fucking things. 
they put a lot of money into making you as famous as you are. And now you're famous and you can go elsewhere and make new records. But that doesn't just get mean you get to just like tell that label that invested lots of money in you to go fuck themselves. You get to have your songs back now. You know what I'm saying? Are you talking about the ownership of music after a contract expires? No, uh, it, because most of the time those uh, most of the time those contracts don't uh, go on. They go on in perpetuity, or you have the option to buy them back if you want at the end, or that person like. So I guess I'm I, I'm uh, I'm unclear on your on your uh, query here. All right, when I when I write a song, yeah. someone gets songwriters' rights to those songs. And then they get publishing rights to those songs, right? Because right. I, don't, I don't, honestly don't know how to how it works with song recordings, uh, like like uh, comedy albums. But I assume they're the same, right? Uh, they're broken. Your album's broken up into tracks, right? Yeah. Do you? Is it common for a for a um, for a, a comic to be like giving writing credits? to all the people that were involved in the writing? Like, I know some comics have writers, right? Yeah, I think that's an overall thing at the end of the special. Like, if somebody helped you write the jokes, it's not necessarily broken down by... If it, if that, uh, let's say that stand-up special gets turned into an album, which oftentimes it does, right. it wouldn't be labeled individually on the tracks. It would just say some of the material, you know, written by blah, 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 blah. Right. So in a in a in a songwriting sense, you have you have a lot of different rights. You have like I said, you have the well, you have the publishing rights and you have the the, the songwriters rights. And um, if you don't if you have your own publishing company, a lot of times, uh, you know, like Jason Isbell, for example, will, will, has his own publishing company. That way uh, he keeps 100 percent of his publishing royalty or publishing rights and royalties. Well, if you sign with a label, the label has to get something. Right. Out of out of the deal with you. Oftentimes they take a percentage of sales on the records. Right. Sometimes they also take the publishing rights. That's part of a it's part of a standard record contract. Sometimes you give up standard record contracts. Sometimes you give up your publishing rights. And if you give up your publishing rights, that's for the length of the copyright. That's for the like that's for the, the basically the rest of time. Like if you, so you've given so up you, publishing uh, rights so, uh, and then, so, then you try to copyright, then you have a copyright on a sound recording, right? So you've got to think of the song as being the chords and the words, right? And that has songwriting's rights and publishing rights. Then the recording of the song is a whole different bowl of wax, Right. So that individual recording. So that's why Taylor Swift said that she was going to go back and re-record all of her old songs right? because she doesn't have the rights to those mechanical recordings. Right. So she has to make new recordings of her songs. And that makes sense. Because they should, I mean, because, because they, if she, I, I think if she that's retains, part of the deal with the devil that you make. I mean, I, exactly. I signed a deal. Uh, uh, don't say that around Taylor Swift supporters, Malone. You'll, you'll get attacked. <laughs> I think uh, that makes total sense because, they, like you had, like you had said, they are putting the money to back you. Mm-hmm. Now, I had a deal uh, with a comedy album a few years ago, and um, I, I wanted to, uh, I wanted to do a. a 
a video recording as well that night, and yeah. the label would not allow me to do that. So they didn't want to cannibalize album sales, huh? What now? They didn't want to cannibalize album sales. Is that their their logic? Yeah, behind exactly. It? Okay. Yeah, they, okay. they yeah they didn't want another. Uh, they didn't want to participate in helping record. Uh, something for another production company, pretty uh, much. Like they wanted yeah. to own all the rights to it. Yeah, yeah. And so I was like, okay, cool. I guess I'll just record this and I'll record a video another time, right? Another date. Yeah. And what I fell into looking at the contract was that they owned that material, the rights to recording or the rights to those jokes for three and a half years. Ah, so that's the intellectual property of the song itself. Yes, yeah. yes, so, yes. Like that's the, However, that's kind of the 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 crossover there. Like you're, they have rights to the intellectual property for three and a half years, but at the expiration of that, you can do whatever you want with them. Yes, exactly. Okay. However, the deal. I mean, the trade off is that I hopefully signing with that label. I was under the impression that it was going to be pushed on XM Radio. I was going to get you know a countdown. Right, I was going to get this right. and that. It would be right. so. The trade off is yes, Taylor Swift. Yes, we will fucking record all your music. We'll hire everybody. We'll do all the shit. Uh, the trade off is those are our songs. Yeah, those are our. Like, you just can't. Those are our recordings. We now own those recordings. And honestly, uh, is it like kind of mean? For the, the, the label who owned the recordings to sell them to, like, Taylor Swift's arch-fucking-rival that she doesn't like at all? Yeah, it's kind of <laughs> mean. That's kind of mean. But honestly, they own the rights to those recordings, and they can sell them to whoever the fuck they want to sell them to, you know? Yeah. The whole point of yeah. people forget that, like, being a, like, a record label is a business. They're, they're making an investment in artists, yeah, but it's, it's in order to see, a like, a large financial return. That's the whole point. So yeah, like, and I wanted to get your your view on her because I feel like she does the crossover between the two worlds. I feel like she oftentimes has a message in her music and the songwriting is really good. However, it's disguised as shitty radio hits. I think sometimes uh, – I listened to the new record a few times when it first came out. And, uh, oh, man, I'm going to take shit for this. Um <laughs> I think that new record proved that while Taylor Swift, uh, she's free to have an opinion. She's free to have a, 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 a political agenda, right? She's an individual in the United States of America. She's allowed to have a political agenda. Uh, but all the best songs on that record are like songs about getting your heart broken by a dude. Like that record proved that like she's at her best when she's writing songs about getting her heart broken by a guy. Like those are great songs with great lines and great like uh, the 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 last great American family or whatever that song was called was a good tune. I, I liked it, but like I just think she oh man she's so good at that. And I and and, and this is a point that I think is important to make. I value all forms of art. Uh, just because a song is sugary and pop doesn't mean I don't think it can be incredible art. Just because a song isn't about like, um, uh, and you know, tearing down the establishment, um, and, right, or, or right, breaking right. the glass ceiling doesn't mean it's not a good piece of art and that's not good. Uh, I, I appreciate that kind of art as well. So I, it bums me out. Um, when like, uh, sometimes when maybe she gets pigeonholed to where like, well, she should, she, 
she was writing all these breakup songs. Taylor Swift. Remember, there's a whole thing about Taylor Swift writes breakup songs. Must be hard to date her or whatever all the bullshit is. I was like, man, yeah, she's fucking good at it, though. Let her write the songs that she's great. Right. Like, she's yeah, that's great. Her fucking, she's her bread her and niche. butter tune. Let her write the great fucking tune. Uh, I think I think she's, like I said, great songwriter. I think she's flat when she sings, but sue me. And, uh, and, and also, you fucking made the deal with the devil. You also made millions of dollars. You also have the money to go ahead and re-record your songs if you really want. And you know what? You probably have legions of loyal fans that'll buy the records again just to prove a point. And you know what? More power to you. But again, that doesn't just dissolve a previous contract you had with a company. Like that's just not the way it works. It's just not right. Yeah, it's yeah. just that you just you don't. Well, I'm famous now. I fuck you. You signed the contract back then. That's just how how it works. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It's just, I'm yeah. Sorry, that's just. It's, uh, it's it's like when a couple breaks up and you're like, yeah, but like I bought the couch, like it's like I, it's right. my ca- I bought that ca- it was my That's- couch before you got here. <laughs> <laughs> yes, I know you love it and you used to nap on it and it's brought you a lot of, you a lot of like, joy. That's my couch, it just doesn't doesn't do away with that. Um, now yeah. I'm gonna sell it to that girl you hate at work, <laughs> but. But you can't just so, have it. Sorry, it's just is my. I got the receipt. I kept the receipt. <laughs> you just can't come by and and pick it up. That's, it's in that's my couch. It is. It is in a Manila folder in the filing cabinet, labeled tax receipts 2012. It's in there. <laughs> Go look. <laughs> you just can't buy throw pillows on it and then claim it's yours. You can't. Th- that's not how it works. You just can't put too many fucking pillows to be practical on a couch. By the way, I've been meaning to bring that up for a while. That's too many fucking pillows. <laughs> <laughs> Anyways, I'm not here to get upset. But that's my thing. I'm uh, into pillows. <laughs> I collect them. Um, uh, hey, you wanted to, the to second. You want to talk second, about John Mayer? Yeah, I do. I want to, uh, yeah, to, to, to be, um, full disclosure. I am now one of the biggest John Mayer fans on the planet. Uh, I, I, I fucking, I fucking eat out of that guy's hand. Uh, for, for real. Um, love John Mayer. Uh, I, in, in high school, I hated John Mayer. Uh, mainly because he had an acoustic guitar and was writing uh, love songs and it, to great effect and was getting very famous and rich about it. And I, and, <laughs> and, 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 uh, I fucking wasn't, and fuck that guy. That was primary mm-hmm. reason. Uh, and then secondary reason was uh, uh, in my younger years, you know, the point that I just made about how I appreciate all forms of art and just because it's sugar, sugar pop doesn't mean that it's bad. Yeah, that's something that I've grown into, Malone. Uh, in high school, I didn't think that. Uh, I was like, "Your body is a wonderland." Gag me with <laughs> with a, with a fucking fork. Uh, yeah, I yeah I I, uh, I I didn't I just I fucking I didn't like him. But I I I think he's fucking incredible. The dude the dude 
the dude takes chances. He he's he's you know he's he's collaborated with Barbara Streisand and Chick Corea and uh, Buddy Guy and and just the in Grateful Dead and, and all this. <laughs> and now he's in the Grateful Dead now. Uh, he's just, John Mayer was just like one day he was like, and I, you know, like I said, I followed him real, real heavy for, for for a few years now. Um, I think he's the guy I've seen in concert most at this point. I think I've seen him four times, maybe four or five times. I saw him, uh, I've seen him twice. Which tours? First time I saw him was way back in the day. Uh, I'm talking like second album, John Mayer. Heavier, heavier things. Heavier things, John Mayer, which might be one of my favorite. Hey, pairs. I gotta, I gotta share this with you, um, because I think you'll appreciate it. All right. Uh, <laughs> I, I used to have a friend. Uh, I still do have a friend, uh, but he's a he's a uh, how how might you say he's a portly gentleman. Uh, he's a he's uh-huh. a, he's a heavy man. Um, and, uh, he was, we, the one night we were drinking and talking about Halloween costumes and we were talking about, uh, uh, Halloween, like Halloween, uh, there, there are like certain costumes for fat dudes. So we were like, let's try to expand the horizon, like, and, and, and come up with new costumes for fat guys. And so (laughs) I said, he should just wear a black T-shirt that, that like is too small. So like, put on like a medium black T-shirt, <laughs> like in jeans, and then just walk around with a guitar, and you can go as the cover of Heavier Things. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that would be, uh, that would be fantastic. I thought you were going to tell him he should be John Pear. <laughs> Actually. <laughs> For all of you listening out there, if you're a portly gentleman, go as John Payer from the album Heavier Things for Halloween and send us your pictures. <laughs> Hashtag John Payer. Thank you so much. Uh, uh, I do. Here's here's we got to go to this uh, side sidebar real quick because I happen to have yeah. another uh, ridiculous um, that John Mayer related Halloween story. Okay, so okay, so. <laughs> So my buddy um, decided he wanted to go as a boondock saint for uh, for Halloween, right? So he right. he wears a black t shirt, uh, jeans, uh, boots. He uh, has like uh, borrows like a uh, like a gun holster, uh, one of the like chest ones, right? And puts like a water yeah. water gun in there, you know. He's wearing a pea coat with a collar popped, and and you know the like like crudely drawn Mother Mary. Like outline tattoo that the Boondock Saints have. Oh yeah, um, yeah, yeah. He has his his uh, girlfriend draw that tattoo on his neck, right? And uh, and he shows up to this party like looking like that. And I w- was a huge fan of the movie Boondock Saints. And I was like, oh shit, that's a that's a great costume, right? So fast forward <laughs> many many drinks later, right? We're all <laughs> we're all hanging around in the kitchen at this party. And, um, <laughs> this, this drunk lady comes over and, uh, she goes, she goes, Oh my God, I love your costume. Who, who are you supposed to be? And he was like, well, who, like, who do you think I am? And he like show, like shows that he's got the gun holster. He's like, who do, who, like, who do I look like? And she goes, um, aside from the gun, you look like. John Mayer 
<laughs> and then and then she points at his neck and she goes, but with a dick on your neck. But <laughs> <laughs> with a dick on your neck. And I neck was like, with- man, I want to go as John Mayer, but with a dick on my neck every Halloween That's for the rest of so fucking great. The rest of my life, John Mayer, but with a dick on your neck. But with a dick on my neck. <laughs> I, what a here's great my ultimate costume. Halloween uh, costume that I want to do one day. Mm. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I want to show up at the party dressed as Clark Kent. Oh. <laughs> I want to go to a Halloween party dressed as Clark Kent, and I want to be full full Clark Kent character. I want to be talking about fucking Superman you know, the whole time. Talking right? about I want to be talking like, about the news. Yeah, <laughs> I want to be asking people, have you seen Superman? Isn't he great? And like just really talking about how handsome he is and strong and like all what about stuff. What about that Lois? Uh, <laughs> right. What do you guys and think about I that wanna, Lois? <laughs> halfway through, I want to go to the bathroom and change into Superman and then come out <laughs> to the party. <laughs> <laughs> And have fun and mingle with Superman, and then at the end, go back and change back into Clark Kent and be angry that I missed Superman. (laughs) What do you mean he was just here? What the fuck? I've been in the bathroom. I got sick. I ate the fucking, uh, the little Uh, rolls. I had a roll. I got sick. Oy vey. What a time. What do you mean Superman was here? What a time to get the shits. You gotta be kidding me. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> was he just as handsome as I thought he he oh was? My oh my god, god, I bet his hair was combed just so. <laughs> I bet he looked like a fucking hot ass combination of James Dean and Elvis with that haircut, didn't he? Didn't he? <laughs> did he have a must mean I missed him? Did he have a mustache or did Zack Snyder shave it off in post? <laughs> I saw John Mayer. How do you feel play. about the Snyder cut, Malone? I haven't seen him. Well, I, 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 okay, wait, this, I, I we, okay. <laughs> time out, time out, time out. I know I'm opening the can of worms here. Yes, yes. We cannot get into Superman right now because we don't have enough time, but I will gladly, gladly de- dedicate a whole fucking episode to the problematic storytelling of Superman throughout you know, American you, history. You know, what I, you know what I think we should do, Malone? What's that? I think we should put together a, a watch party mm-hmm. and let's, uh, let's virtually watch. Uh, what was that first one called that pissed you off so much? Was it just oh called Superman? Oh, my fucking God. The one I wanted to walk out of? Was it just called Superman? Yeah, it was the first one they did with with Henry. And you were like, he doesn't kill. He doesn't kill. (laughs) That's not. I was angry that they let the bitch just walk into the Fortress of Solitude. They turned it into a spaceship and then fucking Lois Lane in her high heels just walks in there. You can't do that. Sorry, I'm getting worked up, but that was the point of the film that I literally, I stood up and I said, you can't do that. uh, Wait, did you stamp? Was it your, did you do a stamp as well? You can't do it with his two stamps. My girlfriend at the time was like, sit down. And I was like, I, but, and she's like, sit down. The packed theater. Cause it was like, somebody's, everybody wanted to see Somebody's got to say something. 
It's right there. But all you wake up, you sheep. Wake up. <laughs> oh, I was so fucking angry. dude. Oh, I know. I spent that I whole know. movie being like, well, that's not what that does. That's not who that is. Well, you can't just do that. Well, he doesn't ever. Why would they have him do that? <laughs> you, uh, oh, I, I remember when you watched it and you just bitched endlessly about it on Twitter or something. I don't know. And then, uh, <laughs> and then I, I had not seen it yet and I just oh. went and watched it and just like sent you a tweet and was like, man, I thought it was fine. <laughs> yeah, I know. You were like, I think it was fine. I was like, you motherfucker. Do you... <laughs> Hey man, I I, oh. I, I I don't understand what the big deal is. I thought it was fine, bro. They they here's what Hollywood. God, you know okay. you know I you know I this. hate Superman anyway. I know you do what because a, they, you haven't been told the right Superman yeah, story. You know, what a damn it. what a fucking waste of a character. Jesus Christ. Oh my God! Don't my guy. He's he can fly. Here's oh, he can fly. That's a badass superpower, and he's got super strength. He's got super strength also. Yeah, and laser eyes. Wait a minute. Fuck you. He's got laser eyes. Yeah, he's got laser eyes. <laughs> he's super. And also, and also super speed. So he just can't die. Oh no, he can die. How? Well, there's this one rock that can kill him. This one rock. Does everybody have access to it? No, it's like light light years away on a planet far, <laughs> far, far the fuck away, and no one has access to it. There's just none of it around. So he's invincible is what you're saying. No, I mean, like, the people out there light years away could get it. Uh, so they just, like, are going <laughs> to get it and come to the Earth and kill him? Well, no, they, they, they all died. What do you mean they all died? They blew up. That's why he's here. Uh... This fucking, can't do this this right fucking now. guy. We can't do this this right fucking now. can't die, Malone. What's the point of a superhero that can't he's die? He's super. He's what? super. Where's the sacrifice, Malone? He can't oh die. Oh my god. I, I, you know, we can't get into this right he now. Can't. He can't. You, know, you know what? You know what his his fucking worst enemy is is morality. Okay, he has to choose <laughs> not to fucking go berserk and kill everybody because he is invincible because he does have laser because he is super strong and he can take anybody, including any army, right now and he could dominate the world. But he chooses not to because he's good and he's Superman. Is it? Is it good? If he has <sighs> the if he has the ability to do all that. <laughs> Is we it good to not do this. it, Malone? Brewer? What? I'm asking you nicely to cap this. <laughs> <laughs> this has to be a to be continued. Okay? Can, can we do the watch party first? Will you sit and watch it the whole time with your eyes open? Yeah. Yeah, I'll fucking watch it. Can we, can we text back and forth the whole time? Yeah. Yeah. We should live stream it. We should. Fucking, ugh, yeah. <laughs> I saw John Mayer play, <laughs> play the live concert. Oh. And this dude brought out three different guitars during a 25-minute solo. Yeah. He just kept switching back and forth <laughs> in between. I was like... How much pussy uh, do you need, sir? Save some for the rest of us. Oh, the one... Sir, there is a drought, and sir. you're playing three guitars? Sir, well, the, the richest 1% of the males in this room <laughs> are getting 60% of the vagina in this building. 
<laughs> Eat the rich. Oh, he's incredible. And I know that you be the people like really love him or really hate him. He's one of those uh, anomalies yeah, like that. But I, sure. I, I look at him well, he had, much he, like a, a, a Taylor Swift where he does have a message. He is actually saying something. He's a great songwriter. However, he does have a catalog full of like fucking radio hits. Yeah. And uh, but yeah, it's artists like that that I look at and I'm like, somehow they found a way to blur the line. Yeah, I yeah, I think I think it's possible. I think it's very it's yeah. it's it's obviously possible because it happens like there was a long time in my life where I just didn't understand Bob Dylan. What are your thoughts on Dylan? Uh I've not investigated Dylan enough to ha- I feel like that fucking uh, Amy Barrett joke. I just uh, hypothetically uh, I cannot <laughs> answer that right now. I would need to do some research. <laughs> uh, speech Press, speech, press, religion, assembly, <laughs> and uh, ah, it's on the tip of my tongue. Oh, it just, of, uh, it just makes a lot of good people like Dylan. It just makes me want to go out on the street and, and, and walk around until I can remember the fifth freedom afforded by the first of it. Ah, it makes me want to just, it's like, it's almost like someone put it on a sign and like marched it around in front of me. You know what I'm saying? I just can't place it. Oh my it. God. Where? I hope people don't protest. Oh, after I don't. I, I don't know the fifth freedom. I don't know the fifth freedom. I, I certainly hope that doesn't happen. I can't. Oh I my God. I, I hope it doesn't cause any protests because that just seems seems like a ridiculous thing to allow in a country <laughs> because that would uh, be illegal. <laughs> <laughs> oh my goodness. What? Uh, oh, oh, this is a toughie. I am in a pickle. Um, uh, what the fuck were we talking about? Oh, we need to wrap up. Here's what I'm going to say. <laughs> I, here's my, hold on. I, you're right. I, I, I know. I remember what we're talking about. We're talking about Bob Dylan and we're going to pick, we're, we're going to pick Dylan. that up next time because I just changed my uh, thing. I want to share for the week. Uh, so, uh, <laughs> here's my, here's my thing I want to share. And, uh, uh, because this music, because this episode has been basically all about music. Um, I just did a great podcast, uh, called mixtapes with Mike. So it's a dude out of the UK. It's a great fucking concept. I'm so jealous of it, but he, he, uh, brings somebody on. They create a Spotify playlist of 10 songs. And then they talk about why they choose, chose that song and what it means to them. Uh, I just did it. It just came out this week. It's called mixtapes with Mike. It's really fucking cool. And if you just want to look at my playlist, you don't want to listen to the fucking podcast. That's fine too. It's on Spotify as well under mixtapes with Mike. You can find it there. And a fucking course. I put Brewer on there. Jesus. Like some kind you know. of a fucking yutz. Ugh. Getting sick of pulling the weight around here, Brewer. Getting you know, sick. I, <laughs> I, I honestly. No, but if, and if you don't, if, obviously, if you're listening to this podcast and you haven't listened to fucking Brewer's music, what the fuck is wrong with you? What are you waiting for? He's one of my favorite guys, and I wouldn't just – I'm not just saying that because he's hes on here. Obviously, I hate him. That's why we're doing this podcast. <laughs> That's why it works so well, you know? But uh, so add uh, – so go listen to Mixtapes with Mike, and, uh, and make sure you add Brewer to your to your fucking Spotify playlist to hook it off my back. I uh, just uh, fucking – I just want you to use the goddamn blue check for some good instead of evil. You know what I'm saying? You got a <laughs> you know, blue check. Why don't you spread the love around? You're like you're, – you're, I'm, tr- I'm trying. You know what I mean? 
Uh, <laughs> yeah. Uh, no, I listened to the to the to the episode, um, and it, it was good. You put together a good list, man. I'm proud of you. Thanks, man. It's a really sad playlist. There's no fucking. <laughs> there's there's no fucking Springsteen. No, no, no. So I mean, not, uh, so I mean, that's why many, I liked uh, it. Is what I'm saying. That's why I liked it. Yeah, I tr- I tried to choose some artists that um, a that I really loved, and b maybe maybe people maybe it's not on their uh, list yet. Did, like uh, did, the Mountain Goats, you, you Gifted Gab, like um, artists like that that I fucking love, and I know already has a following, but maybe people that are only listening to the you know the fucking radio hits or whatever the fuck right. they got the the, the Taylor Swifts. Uh, maybe they're not looking at artists like Ben Howard and shit like that. Right. Um, yeah. Yeah. So yeah, I tried to I tried to expand people's catalogs. Yeah, it was good. It was it was good. I I dug it. Um, I'm I'm now changing. I actually, uh, you're right. The damn episode has been about music. Um, I want to I want to change and share with you. A, a f- I, up until a few years ago, I did not like. Bob Dylan. I just couldn't get it. Uh, one of the best metaphors for this particular thing that I've ever heard is someone said, I just couldn't find a crack. Um, I couldn't find a crack to get into. And, uh, and it's kind of like if you imagine the exterior of a song or of an artist or of a, of a genre or whatever as like a ball, like a solid sphere. And you're looking for a crack somewhere that you can enter. You're like, I, I see myself on the outside of this genre. I, I'm not going to effectively get into it until I really get into it. So I just had never found that, that, that place where I could get in with Bob Dylan. So finally I decided I'm going to listen to every single Bob Dylan record on Spotify in a row. Wow. And I'm going to add to a playlist every song that I like. And so I'd be like, Oh, I like that song. And I, I would add that song. So on the first listen of my whole life, through Bob Dylan's entire catalog, I made a list of the songs that I liked. And I think for someone looking for a way into Bob Dylan, a playlist of, of like fucking cool ass songs might be the way in. So I'm going to share again. Obviously, it's not definitive or anything. It's just some jackass who didn't like Bob Dylan's list of Bob Dylan songs he likes. But uh, <laughs> but I th- but I think it's kind of cool if you're into that kind of thing. So I'm going to share that and make that public. Uh, and and Malone, you should listen to it, and we should talk about Bob Dylan next time. Well, we will on the next episode. We will talk about Bob Dylan and Superman. All right, we'll block out two hours. <laughs> <laughs> well, we'll make it an epic two parter. <laughs> Oh, fuck. Well, hey man, I've got to go eat. I've got to go eat food. We got to fucking stop this. Um, <laughs> <laughs> we stop talking about Superman. I get it. It's morality. Okay. Uh, um, yeah, man. Uh, All right. I, I, you know what? I'll, I'll break it down for you, Brewer. Next, next. I, next I week. can't. I can't wait. I can't wait. Let me, let me get all my Superman stuff in a row here. Get all your super. I don't want. I don't your want to super, Get all your super ducks in a super row. <laughs> <laughs> all right, buddy. I love you. I'll talk to you soon. All right, love you too, man. See you. Michael. 
Hey, it's Malone, and I just wanted to thank you guys so much for listening to the podcast. Uh, you can follow along with us on Twitter at SpeakerphonePod. That's at SpeakerphonePod. We'll be posting clips, updates, sharing news stories that we're talking about all right there. Uh, and if you're looking for more podcasts to check out, check out CultureCast Radio. It's right here on the 4D Podcast Network. You'll love it. I love it. Everybody loves it. Check it out. Thanks again for listening. We'll see you next week.